Yeah. Hello, Internet. Hello, Internet. How are you? <laughs> today, Welcome. Today, we've got Cam and Tyler from the uh, Subspace Transmissions podcast. Tyler and Cam. Sorry, I wrote it the other way. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's because alphabetically, it my brain is just like C, then T. That's what we do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so... This, of course, is Outrage Factory, the podcast where we look at the things that made you mad online this week and explain why you're dumb for caring. I'm Derek and uh, that guy over there. I'm Dale. <laughs> and that's Tyler. And down at the bottom is Cam. I, they're probably not in the same order. <laughs> that's not my order at all. It's not my order either. I'm just confused yeah. who I am at this point. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, welcome, gents. Thanks for joining us this week. Uh, wacky and wild saturday evening uh to discuss some shit that's been going on are we allowed to say eventless like instead of like people are like oh it's been an eventful week we just be like this isn't even unprecedented times anymore it's just eventless as far as there's nothing that can surprise me at this point (laughs) (laughs) well uh yeah i know something that could uh surprise you if you suddenly got a dm saying somebody wanted to take a bite out of you and eat it well that's how tyler and i met (laughs) (laughs) they say romance say who's the one that sent the dm though yeah that's true it'll just be a surprise yeah so that's my supremely professionally well-crafted segue into talking about army hammer and the bullshit that he did in the DMs of what was her name? Do you guys know? Apparently, there were lots, lots of women mm. that came forward to say that, like, yeah, this is the shit he was into. Um, but and they're freaked uh, out by it. That this is not a pleasant experience for yeah. them. And he seems a lot more serious than I initially <laughs> thought, based on that first headline that I read uh, a few days ago. Yeah, like uh, I feel like. If you're going to get into at like this, this always starts at SM and then just goes way too far. But if you're going to like start maybe playing with s or like role play, <laughs> stuff, Dale, I speaking guess. from experience, <laughs> maybe build a foundation of trust with your potential partner instead of just bombarding them with graphic and violent requests or demands. Which it Hear seems like cat? Army Hammer did. <laughs> hey, hey, Dale's the one that puts a D in BDSM. <laughs> oh, was it beds, Dale's, and sexual maturity? Don't, just let's not. <laughs> um, yes, uh, it's funny because it's one of those headlines when you see it, you're like, is this going to be the sort of thing? Like, you know, I'm old enough to remember the whole like ridiculous Richard Gere and a gerbil thing. Oh, and yeah, that's the right. Sort of thing, right. Like, that's the sort of thing I thought of. When I saw the headline and then you read it and you're like, oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. Like this is a this definitely sounds like a career killer. This is the sort of thing that gets very dark, very, very dark to read the accounts of these DMs. Yeah. You can't just brush this stuff down on it. It seems. Yeah. Like Um, he seems very serious about it. And then then if you look at people on on Twitter, they're also kind of recounting like how this is kind of. And so it's like, I, it looks as if he's already, you know, taken leave from a film at this point. Mm-hmm. He did, yeah. I, I, so I, I don't know. I, I like Army Hammer, the presence on uh, the big screen. I don't know how this is going to like reformat the way that I go to an Army, Hammy, Army Hammer movie no. moving forward. It, does this affect the uh, Lone Ranger sequel we've all been waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> That's all you I can are... remember from. <laughs> 
as <laughs> Johnny Depp where yeah. uh, he's getting his next job. That, yeah, that I think uh, I think he's in rougher shape PR wise than uh, Army Hammer at this point. Yeah, he 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 might also need the sequel of uh, Lone Ranger two as well as Army Hammer now needs it. <laughs> that would be the most problematic unwanted sequel you could ever imagine. <laughs> That's true. Even if they were like, oh, it's not a sequel, it's a reboot <laughs> of the movie franchise. I'm Lone trying Ranger. to think of a more problematic unwanted sequel, but I'm like, did Kevin Spacey and Bill Cosby ever star in something together? Oh, like that, oh, that I think would Seven? be at the top. Yeah. <laughs> what? The movie Leonard Six with Bill Cosby, but make the sequel of that and call it Leonard Seven. It's I it's <laughs> Does anyone remember there. Leonard Six? I feel like this is the most <laughs> your obscure, obscure reference just, you could have made. You were dropping <laughs> the obscure references. Dale, before we started recording, also referenced the uh, the secret identity of Pokeroo from uh, the, oh. show, the show Polka Dot Door. That's not an obscure reference. Pokeroo was part of everybody who didn't have Cable's childhood. I can tell you who Pokeroo. I can't tell you who the the guy was that <laughs> like changed into him. It was Dennis. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> and it was always in the sandbox. I don't know. I mean, I felt like I was Sherlock Holmes when I figured out Pokeroo was actually Dennis dressed up in a costume. And that's why they were never on screen at the same time. And then upon thinking about it further, I was pretty ham fisted. So it was obvious to what was going on. I remember uh, watching don't, don't the Pokemon. Don't ham fisted. Uh, Army Hammer will get uh, hungry. <laughs> no. Tyler, it's now Hammerable Lecter. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. Damn, nice. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank oh, you. No, that, that's a pretty hammer fisted sort of pun <laughs> you're trying to make there, Cam. <laughs> Nice. I was going to say, I only read the accounts from the one person and it wasn't the actual cannibal stuff, but it was like the stuff I read, like, although it seemed like at first it was welcomed and then it would progress. Like he said, he wanted to bite her and then leave a bite mark and then get it tattooed and then like have something tattooed around it, which is like weird, but within the realms of possibility, like I'd imagine some couples getting their bite marks tattooed on each other. Like it seems like pretty tame, but like, I didn't get, I didn't find like the reason I wasn't going to talk about this at first was because I figured it'd be a pain in the ass to find all the examples. Cause a lot of the times like news stories will be like, Oh my God, he said all this terrible stuff. And then you won't see the actual things because they don't want to put like that salacious stuff out on the internet through their provider, I guess, or publication. Yeah. Tabloids don't like putting salacious stuff. Out. Yeah, no, they hate it. <laughs> Definitely doesn't get those clicks. Yeah. Did you guys, but it started like, escalating though that like there's another woman who had an account of how he told her he wanted to crack her ribs and throw them on like a barbecue i'm just yeah. like Oof. you're getting to like the really violent like mm. sort of stuff as well just like i don't know like is army hammer gonna look the same way again to me like I, that it's gonna be tough if i'm watching the social network next time yeah it's it's gonna be pretty hard to watch him in a movie eat a peach that someone else had sexually pleasured themselves with it just won't feel the same anymore well speak for yourself <laughs> and you're talking about lone ranger of course <laughs> <laughs> that's why that crow had such a surprised look on his face <laughs> so um yeah it's, it's so crazy like i don't see him coming back from this and he's at most probably I mean, it's always, miss, yeah. 
he didn't kill someone and eat them. Yeah, he just talked about it like uh, like it was a, a kink of his, right? Like mm-hmm. you you could see in the chats, it was like what he was like. Oh, I want to like eat your flesh or whatever the fuck he said. And then he was like, "Well, I've never admitted this out loud before. Like it had never occurred to him that he might be into cannibalism." Um, and since then, I think a, a couple other women have come forward after his camp denied that they were like, it's unfounded. Like these texts aren't his. And some women came forward and they were like, oh, those are, that's definitely him. That's what he's into. Um, yeah. but I don't think like, is, is cannibalism, if you're not acting out on it, is it like, is it a career sinking kink to be into? I mean, like, look at all these horror movies that we watch where people eat each other and then like Pete, like fan fiction and everything. It's like, like, it's one thing to say, oh, this is what I'm into. I find it sexy. Like, there's obviously people who are like either just attracted to in like a non-sexual way or sexual way to like horror movies like gore porn, where they're like just chopping each other up and like are we gonna have to reevaluate our relationship with those movies too over this like are we gonna be able to watch like say the only thing i could think of that was sexual like cabin fever remember when he thought he was like digitally pleasuring that girl and it ended up being like this open wound in her leg that was a dope movie by the way did you know they did a remake of that and it's only like what like 10 years old yeah, yeah and talk- it's almost like shot for shot, isn't it? Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Oh, crazy! Did they? Well, update I think Army the Hammer is going to star in the next reboot <laughs> called Cannibal Fever. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And it's like another thing too is it's like I don't know, like it's gross, and he shouldn't be texting girls these. But is there any actual abuse, or is it all like threats, which are bad? But like, has it gone to the next level? Like, I, I think it falls into that same category of like creepy dudes sliding into DMs. Yeah. And, it, you know, I does it come into like, like you say, like the same as him spouting physical threats? Uh, it, it's still making women, a lot of women feel very unsafe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's officially, you know, quote unquote canceled whatever that even means um yeah it was interesting though because he released a movie last month uh it was a remake of the hitchcock classic rebecca and it was a completely pointless movie and uh there's a lot of think pieces but like nobody knows what to make out of the guy's career so far he clearly has charisma but he's just never it's like he needs a new agent or something to get him into like a vehicle that actually suits his talents I, I I think he's just going to maybe maybe lost in obscurity for a couple months before he lands on his feet with another project. I think ultimately, despite how disturbing this is, this will work out okay for him. Yeah, like for me personally, like all he has to do is not actually harm anybody physically and then just be like, look, I got carried away in the moment. Like I sometimes we think we have these fetishes and then just blame it on COVID like everybody else blames it. Like be like, hey, it was COVID. I was bored and I was just thinking about death a lot. But for you guys, is there like if Army Hammer does this and then they announce like he's going to be the next Marvel superhero in a movie, are you going to be OK with that or are you going to need something more from him? Well, what do his cannibal powers entail in that superhero <laughs> movie? He's like if he came out as uh, Car- Carnage. Oh, Carnage. Ooh. Oh, Carnage. No, that's already Woody Harrelson. <laughs> yeah. Is that ever going to happen? Yeah, yeah, it's oh. yeah, it's gonna happen. Unfortunately, yeah. Woody's not getting younger. 
No, he's not. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where, you know, I'm a someone who's really into old Hollywood and old movies. If people bothered to look up the details of what was going on behind the scenes with the stars of yesterday, oh. um, it was crazy. It was it, a lot of it was like really, really bad stuff. People mm-hmm. don't really care. And so it's like they care about the celebrities they know now. Will this? Yeah, it's like kind of Tyler said. I think Army Hammer takes a break, goes away for a while. Maybe he like makes fun of himself on SNL or something. It's only people are like, we love him again. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It could be anything. I, I don't know. I don't know anymore. The world has gone crazy and I don't know anymore. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned like old Hollywood, like not even, not even old, old Hollywood, like early two thousands, late nineties, Hollywood. Like, like remember when um, Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton were like wearing a vial of each other's blood around their neck. And then everybody was like, Oh, oh crazy kids into some weird bloodletting sacrifice stuff. We don't care. Yeah, I don't I know. Remember. My girlfriend and I do that. What's wrong <laughs> with that? I just remember hearing it was an anecdote from a star. I can't remember who it was talking about kind of the personal lives, the sex lives of stars. Mm-hmm. It just said, I think it was actually a rock star who just said, when you can have anything really at any time, your tastes get weirder and weirder because it's like pushing the boundaries. I don't know if that's what Army Hammer's going has going on. Who knows? But it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, that could be like, it could be like, he's just like, like his, what it takes for him to like climax is getting pushed further and further into the darkness. I, I don't want that image no. in my head. Jesus, <laughs> Dale. The Loader Ranger is not ever going to be the same movie to me now. <laughs> well, so I was going to say, is Army Hammer a big enough star where we're like, okay, this guy has gotten like everything he could ever want from, you know, his, his level of fame. Now he has to like level up to cannibal. Like, I don't know. I would hold that for like, sure, Johnny Depp maybe, but, uh, but I don't know about Army Hammer. Like, is like he the, famous uh, enough? Gear gerbil thing yeah. that I mentioned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, is Army Hammer famous enough to go to Little St. James? Or is that like, is this in lieu of that sort of activity? Little St. James. What's Little St. James? Oh, it's the Epstein Island. Sorry. I was just going uh, for oh. a terrible <laughs> joke. I'm, I'm glad you guys don't know that. It's, it's terrible stuff that you shouldn't know. All right, now that I stole you know the it? podcast, because uh, I'm into conspiracies. <laughs> he, he took a, a brief vacation there once. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We don't talk about that. Um, I, this sounds terrible, but I wish I could go there. Like I had that in, amount of money and fame, and then just didn't go and just kept the money and fame. Because, yeah. You still wish you could go there? No. <laughs> I wish I had the ability to go there uh, and then not go. But you there. decided not to. Okay. And then take keep the money in my bank account because that's got to be super expensive. Like to go to like some like secret island for like top secret stuff. It's got to be like at least twenty thousand dollars, I'd imagine. I, I can imagine you accidentally ending up on Fire Island instead, <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. Marlon Brando's Island. Yeah, the catering is definitely subpar there. I'd imagine. <laughs> So now that I completely killed the army hammer talk by bringing up uh, something more nefarious, uh, speaking of comebacks, uh, what do you guys think of Chris Evans coming back to the MCU? He's been gone so long. I tell you like (laughs) the pent up demand to see cap once again on the big screen after, I don't know, 18 months. It's just really been tough. (laughs) 
<laughs> I uh, think look, I, uh, Cam, I was messaging you before we even figured out what the uh, topics were going to be for tonight's show. And I, I was just asking you what your favorite Avenger is. Uh, I believe you said Iron Man. Iron Man, Man or Spider-Man, one or the other, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I always go with Captain America. Like, that guy really grew on me if he wants to come back. But the thing is, they gave him such a great send-off in that mm-hmm. last movie end game. How did they really build upon that? I, I was uh, saying, like, do you like a prequel in which it takes place in the Second World War once again? Like, we, we saw, like, it almost seemed as if he spent, like, 40 minutes in the Second World War during that first movie. I'm sure there's another, you know, two-hour adventure that we could do and where you're not, like, messing up his send-off or the continuity. And, I mean, that could be a little fun, too. Oh, yeah, I'd definitely be down to that. Like, say, something like just something that takes, like, a whole mission that takes a whole movie, like a Dunkirk type of deal, where the whole time frame of the movie is in, like in two days of actual wartime stuff. And then you could get like dumb, dumb back there. What's his name? Dumb, dumb Dugan. Yeah. And Neil then, McDonough. Like, yeah. Yeah. Young Bucky and all that stuff. And they could go on like, yeah, that'd be good. Or like, I think they, they could mu- explain yeah. Red Skull's origin story is he's a victim of army hammer. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, they could also get into the, how they just retconned all of, hit uh the nazis into hydra <laughs> just be right. like this is what we yeah. did and then I, like yeah the thing is though like i think this is more for appearances in movies than an actual solo film again mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of it's not even teasing at this point they're introducing the multiverse that's what the next doctor strange movie's about that's what they're strongly implying the next spider-man movie's about um are we even looking at prime captain america are we looking at an alternate captain america or conversely could it just be older captain america in a mentor like role like he was at the end of endgame yeah that's true and then like um because i was reading an article and they were saying that they could uh sort of look into that whole multi like uh different earth where captain america actually was a hydra agent and then Mm -hmm. he could come back as like the main bad guy for the avengers to fight or something like that or yeah like you're saying like the mentor because one of the bonuses they were outlining for him to become a mentor was he doesn't have to do all the stunts like he just basically has to get some makeup and be an old man so he doesn't have to like do months and months of filming and stuff so if like that was the reason why he didn't want to come back in the first place was like the physical um like a toil of being in these movies and that would be a good option and both of the options like the uh, multiverse stuff it doesn't affect the way we ended that character in endgame which is a good thing but mm-hmm. Tyler, you were saying yeah it just makes me think of how robert downey jr probably got paid 20 million dollars to appear in that first spider-man movie where it's very obviously like he's standing in front of a green screen for a total of <laughs> maybe 12 minutes of screen time and they just like put the helmet over his head digitally it's like hey if chris evans can pull that off and still cash one of those checks i'm sure he's gonna go all for it without them kind of um i don't know spoiling or or souring us on like his goodbye scene in endgame which i thought was great dale derek who are your avengers who are your go-to you you have to pick one just one yeah oh jesus uh i mean right i really no (laughs) You really, really into archery? <laughs> Probably like uh, I would say for the movies, Hulk for sure is. Oh, uh, that's mine. Hulk or uh, has anyone seen the new uh, the Vision um, 
What? WandaVision? Oh, WandaVision? The WandaVision show. Yeah. Um, the Vision comics were like super dope. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited mm. to see that. But uh, I, I did like Vision as well until his... Yeah. Uh, I'm time spoiler alert <laughs> yeah I I liked vision too in that uh, old uh, Avengers arcade game I'm hearing yeah. bad things yeah. about WandaVision but that's just from my brother and he's kind of hard to please so maybe it's good or maybe I don't know how not. he could form any sort of opinion based on the two episodes that just ran like it's um they're doing something <laughs> you different. haven't met his brother <laughs> okay. well, he's just I just gonna like love the shout out it's you're supposed you're supposed to sit with it and realize that there is something going on there's mm-hmm. something weird going on and you just kind of have to go with it and, and all will be revealed like that's kind of the idea so yeah this this kid should have a little patience that, that's all i'm saying <laughs> i'm i saw it and i was like i wasn't really drawn to it because was it does it and it loosely based on the house of m series like crossover event or is it just something all its own it could l- it, hypothetically, it could lead into a House of M story if they want to, but it's not the House of M story. Yeah. That's the story they have to do. Like, that's, I think, how they got to round out the whole... Yeah. That might be a good, like, if this does okay and they get, like, a multi-season deal, they could start, like, House of M season two or three and then go for two or three seasons with it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I have a no. question, though, um, and this ties into Scarlet Witch because she's going to be appearing in the next Doctor Strange. I was saying we could um, bring Captain America back through this multiverse concept. Mm-hmm. Does the multiverse thing make you guys nervous as movie fans? Like, does this seem like this could be potentially something of a nightmare? Yes, it could get that. It could do that thing where it just takes away all the stakes. Like if they're like have multiverses, are, are we going to see Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man again as well? Like he was com- he like, uh, Captain America was just old at the end and then they could have him as old, but Johnny Depp or not Johnny Depp, Captain America, <laughs> Iron Man was for sure dead. And so are they going to like bring him back because um, Dr. Doolittle failed so hard and now he's probably <laughs> more willing to be in a Marvel movie again. And then it's like, so you'll be watching this movie and then you'll like see something bad happen. You're like, ah, eh, they'll probably just go get him back from a different universe and just leave the broken one over there. It's yeah, like it's yeah. plot device where like nothing, nothing is ever permanent, right? Like you can always bring back dead characters. You can change any plot line that you want um, just by invoking the multiverse. So uh, I would, I would rather not see them lean on that too heavily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the sort of thing that feels like, once you open it up, I don't know how you close it off. Mm-hmm. And that's my concern as well. And, you know, my parents have watched all these Marvel movies and enjoyed most of them. I think once you start introducing multiverses, they're gone. They're done. They're oh, done. yeah. Like it just, it's going to lose, I think, a lot of just very casual watchers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they were kind of hinting at it in the last Spider-Man. You know, it was mm-hmm. all kind of revealed to be a hoax by the end. But I think they have been planting seeds for this is kind of the path that they want to go down. I think I have enough faith in Kevin Feige at this point to not make a mess of it. Like if you look at the trajectory of all these Marvel movies, like I, I have a pretty easy time, you know, following where the story has been going. Like they haven't made it too, too convoluted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, like they have, we're entering phase four right now, right? Like that's what the black widow movie and stuff is. And then have they already mapped out phase five? Have you guys heard? Like, because they could like 
this multiverse thing could be like a Hail Mary if either state phase four or phase five kind of just doesn't do as well as the first three phases. I mean, they've planned out a lot of movies. I don't think we mm-hmm. know yet, though, where the phase lines could be. That's more the issue. We don't know what the stories are to a lot of these movies coming up. And so where they actually decide to draw the line, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Oh, I was going to say, now that uh, Disney owns Fox as well, and they can bring in, like, the X-Men and Deadpool and Fantastic Four, and is there any other franchises that have been out of, basically, the and the MCU's reach that are now in there? Um, no, it's really just X-Men and Fantastic Four, but yeah. Deadpool's kind of become his own franchise, so you can say Deadpool's there now, of course, too. Nice. I'm looking forward to a, a good Fantastic Four movie. Like they've had three all right movies that everybody else hated. I liked them just because it was the Fantastic Four, but it would be nice to see like an MCU, uni- like a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie done right, like in the same vein as the Avengers and stuff. Yeah, well, there's four I- of us right now. Who, who would you be, <laughs> Dale? Oh, The Thing. Easy. Okay. Thing. Okay. You're going to do uh, the, what, the Rocky Dong? Uh, <laughs> Rocky <from> Dong! Mallrats <laughs> don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> when Stanley's like, this guy's really obsessed with penises. <laughs> um, yeah, what would you guys be? I'd be Reed Hastings, obviously. Who's Reed Hastings? <laughs> <laughs> or Reed Rich- Reed Richards. That's Sorry. right, yeah, Richards. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I didn't know who he was talking about, but I was going to be like, is this one of the characters' names I don't know? Because I thought I knew them. But yeah. He's their personal assistant. Um, <laughs> who would I be? I'll, um, I'm going to take Human Torch. Why not? Nice. So Live Derek, you're, you're Invisible Woman. I would 100% be Invisible Woman. Yes, mm. absolutely. We could go that have a transgender Fantastic Four character. Superpower. I mean, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. And to I just be fair, remember to read Hastings is. <laughs> Who is he's he? A CE, he's a CEO of Netflix. Oh, <laughs> that would be awesome if he just showed up in the movie. He's like, all right, guys, this looks good. This looks good. I like what you're doing here. We'll give you some money. <laughs> and to be fair, the last couple of times Tyler appeared on this show, um, Derek was invisible. So <laughs> true. There you true. go. There we go. That's my alter point. ego. <laughs> Tying it all back. I was actually in my po- my pokeroo costume. So uh. <laughs> nice. Oh yeah. So, since we're this is so movie heavy, why don't we head right into the Javier Bardem and Nicole Kidman portraying Lucy? Oh fuck! I just forgot her name. Lucille Ball. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sounded wrong in my head. I don't know. Were they and... contractually obligated to hire a redheaded woman as opposed to just somebody that could put on a, a wig? Like, I don't see Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball. Like, like her I face? Just... Like, I don't want to be that guy who doesn't accept women for their beauty and all that stuff in any form that they're in. But she's but... had so much work <laughs> done to her he, face. He said the butt himself. <laughs> I don't think she can do the facial expressions that Lucille Ball was famous for. Like you Would look at like any skill from Carrie in the mask, like it was <laughs> yeah. kind of well effects on her. Like I mean Lucille Ball was very like dexterous with her expressions. Like she was could really make wild expressions. That's why she was so funny partly. Mm-hmm. And I mean we I, I can't say Nicole Kimmon can't do it but I haven't seen 
evidence of this. Yeah. And also, Nicole Kidman, I'm trying to think, is she known for her comedic chops, like comedic delivery? Like she's <laughs> uh, bewitched. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, she was in Bewitched. And like, To Die For is darkly funny, but it's not like comedy. Yeah. Um, Wasn't her marriage to uh, Tom Cruise a big joke, though? Oh, oh nice. <laughs> real heat <laughs> shots fired <laughs> yeah like i don't know like javier bardem as was it ricky ricardo was that ricky his ricardo. name yeah. yeah i mean i haven't really watched the show so i'm not familiar with that character but it just kind of seems like whatever like just put him in there it should be fine then why are you yeah. stomping grapes right now <laughs> <laughs> I think he's good casting. Javier Bardem is one of those actors who, no matter what the role is, even if you give him like Pirates of the Caribbean Part 5, he's great. Yeah. Um, so I, if the script is decent and you have a decent director on this thing, then Javier Bardem will be amazing. He'll be great. I have mm-hmm. no concerns about him. But I, I do think like the um, Lucille Ball role, I'm sure a lot of actresses want that role. Like that is a really awesome showcase role where you get yeah. to do a lot. So Nicole Kidman is a very versatile actress and Oscar winner. She's done a lot of great things over the, her career. I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt that they, they have something. They know that she can pull it off. So mm-hmm. you remember when um, back in the day they were going to make the Three Stooges movie and like Sean Penn desperately wanted to be one of the Stooges. And we were all like, what? Like, that's insane. But maybe yeah. there was magic there. Maybe mm-hmm. and we just never got to see it. And maybe this will be magic. I, I didn't yeah. call it when they did make the Three Stooges movie, instead of Sean Penn, they got Sean Hayes instead. <laughs> it <was> like, um, <laughs> and it was like Will Sasso. And it, it really was like the D team that they ended up casting yeah. for them. Although I was pleasantly surprised by that because I saw who was in it and I was like, well, weird, Three Stooges. And I watched it and I was like, Will Sasso is funny in anything. And I, sometimes I forget. And then I'm like, why would I forget that Will Sasso's so entertaining? But as Curly, I think he really nailed it. But uh, yeah, what it's I was going to say, pretty funny movie, actually. Pretty yeah. Funny. What I was going to say about this is since it's a biopic and it's I maybe they're going to lean heavily on the behind the scenes of maybe what's happened to Lucille Ball at the tail end of her career. Like maybe when I Love Lucy was near the end and well, they have them as older characters. What I understand, though, is going to take place over the course of one week of filming uh, I Love Lucy. So I think like the, uh, the problem with biopics is like they often are like spread across like 50 years of a person's life. Yeah. And, and they're just these really listless affairs. Like there's not that many amazing biopics. If they put in a confined sort of time period, week, you're, you've easy to kind of get the, uh, the setup, the climax, the resolution in a contained way that I think would be really for viewers you know so i i'm i'm intrigued by this for sure well it's kind of like the steve jobs film which i really thought was fantastic with michael fassbender and that one again small amounts of time but it spoke to the larger figure in a more interesting way and i think that's what they need to do i you know i know like people love movies like walk the line or ray for example and i was fine with them but they ultimately feel a little bit like wikipedia filmmaking and they end up having to change so many details anyway that it's not even that compelling because a lot of it feels made up. So I'm all for them doing something that's confined, come up with a really artistic bent on it. And yeah, do something interesting. That'd be cool. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I was going to say, if you could cast any, like, we're all pretty hung up on this whole Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball. Who would you cast as Lucille Ball instead? Hmm. Uh, I think somebody like Catherine Hahn or Melissa Villasenor, I think just throw some red wigs on those uh, actresses. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely think that they have the comedic chops uh, to pull that off. What about going like left of field? Like, what about someone like Kate Blanchett? Because you'd never expect that. <laughs> Hepburn down. I, I think she could pull off uh, Lucille Ball as well. So yeah. yeah. Derek. Who am I saying for Lucille Ball? Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Okay. Goldie uh, Goldie Hawn's daughter. Oh, uh, Kate Hudson. There we go. Okay. Thank you. That yeah. that one. I would go with. Oh, I can't remember her name. The girl from Saturday Night Live, the blonde who was in Ghostbusters. Oh. No. Or Kate other, McKinnon? Yeah, oh. Kate McKinnon. I'd go with Kate McKinnon and the guy who played Freddie Mercury. Um, the guy who was in... Oh, Rami Malek? Yeah, those two. As, but then you would go like a way younger. Like That's who I'd cast. I no. dig. Yeah. <laughs> you should just start a, a casting, casting podcast where we just yeah. like... Hypothetical <laughs> movie, we cast yeah. it. And I will just call it free advice for casting directors. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate a good stunt cast, though, which I feel is more like the Javier Bardem one. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it could just be so good that we totally get over it. Like maybe they do some like, oh, another thing, too, is like, are they going to use old um, like actual film from the Lucille Ball show and then just give um, her some makeup so she looks like it or give her like digital effects to make her look yeah, younger. From what I understand, they are going to use all the old footage and then um, CGI their heads on top of the old um, uh, figures, you know, so it'll be their body and it's actually going to be disproportionate. So it's going to be yeah. like giant heads on top of regular sized bodies. <laughs> They'll look like Funko Pop figures. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds like the worst thing ever. But then do you guys remember that old movie, Thumb Wars? I don't know why that popped into my head today. Yeah. Oh God. Yes, I do remember. <laughs> what What's is Thumb this Wars? Movie? It okay. was, they retold was... star wars with a guy had faces oh, thrown on his yeah. thumbs and it was just like i was thinking about, like it came up like i was driving home today and i was like what was that like how did that get forwarded and okay through the like production team and everything it was crazy <laughs> it was um steve odenkirk who directed the second ace ventura film and also that what was it name uh, the name of it was it kung pao yeah 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 okay he did that as well and then the, he like really got on that Thumb Wars thing. And I think they did other Thumb-related films as well. Oh Most of them are like straight to video or TV specials. But there was, for a short period of human history, a Thumb craze. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the Thumb years. <laughs> in the aughts. Was that, yeah, the early aughts? The years yeah, of the okay. Thumb. <laughs> All this Thumb talk has Army hammered drooling right now (laughs) (laughs) he's like that movie sounds delicious (laughs) finger looking good (laughs) nice uh i guess we could uh steer ourselves away from the movie talk um i was gonna talk about 
so you got I sent you guys the list of stuff to talk about. Did you see this uh thing over in the Netherlands? No I ham just, sandwiches for you, man. Yeah, I love this story because it's just like the amount of petty that a Dutch person can get into. And I could say this because I'm Dutch. And after reading this story, I was like, oh, maybe that explains a lot of stuff in my family and holding grudges and stuff from my childhood. But what happened was on January 1st this year, whatever, Brexit finally went through. I still don't know the details. <laughs> We've only had like four years to figure out what was actually going on, but I don't really know what it is. And I don't think they do either, <laughs> you know, in, in your defense. Like they're still yeah. they're still figuring it out. Yeah, like have they figured out what they're doing with Ireland yet? I don't think they have. Um, so there's like a bunch of people who go across some ferry something from England, from the UK to the Netherlands to work and or like professional drivers like who drive trucks and stuff so at the border when they're eating lunch in their car they were taking all their sandwiches and food away from them because the eu has this rule where you can't bring any product or food that derives from an animal from anywhere else because it's like kind of like a catch-all thing to stop viruses and stuff and <laughs> it is the same thing like if you're coming back into canada from a different country you do have to declare like meats or cheeses or it's like every time i go to philly i fill up my suitcase with uh they have like this shit called scrapple uh which is just like they basically grind up all the leftover pig parts and like mix it and form it into this loaf and it's like pig bread what dale you would love it man i was um, expecting something made out of apples what? not ground up pig parts <laughs> no it's it's pig parts uh but uh, i bring these like philly meats back with me and the the customs officials always give me a hard time over it so like any meats or cheeses or even plants you have to uh declare yeah. when you go into any country yeah but if you're driving across the border like say we went to point roberts or something they wouldn't take the sandwich out of our hand and throw it away no unless if there was a highly contentious where we were like well fuck it we're separating from north america because yeah that's we true. don't like then they they probably do that yeah and so like the custom agents agents in uh the netherlands were like was saying like taking everybody's like sandwiches and stuff away from them and throwing them away and being like well you guys aren't part of the eu anymore and it's just like it's just a super petty move that i kind of respect like it's kind of like ridiculous but at the same time you're like well i mean they did leave the eu and it kind of pissed everybody else off it was a funny story to read because obviously they made like a big deal about about it um, but I have to imagine the actual event was literally just like, got to take that. Sorry. And the other person be like, uh. shrug, shoulder shrug. <laughs> Here you go. Goes in the garbage. I paid six euros for that. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't. And a reporter's like, oh man, this is gold. <laughs> <laughs> gold. The, the reality is just a lot more clumsy and awkward than we, any of us would wish. Like it wasn't a dramatic, like yelling fight or anything. Like SWAT team <laughs> dropping in on yeah. um, repel the, ropes to yeah, take your ham sandwich smashing the window and just grabbing it and throwing <laughs> it away <laughs> it would be a great anecdote to have happen to you though to be able to just tell your friends when you got to work oh yeah be like hey how's it going you'd be like well i'm hungry and you want to hear why <laughs> <laughs> i had a sandwich and now i don't but i feel like the food in the netherlands would be better than the food in the uk I mean, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but if you're going by the like the cultural palette, 
I mean, you could probably get just a whole bunch of chocolate and cheese from Holland that you couldn't really get from you. Uh, you prefer frites over chips. Is that it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It does sound a lot fancier Mm -hmm. if you eat the frites. Sweet. And then just come to Canada for the uh, poutine. We, we can have all these sorts of uh, competitions between the three countries. Yeah, just <laughs> mash them all together into one delicious meal. And it'll get confiscated uh, next time somebody tries <laughs> yeah, to bring, bring it across, it across the, border. the border. Yeah, there's no that all the all the shipments of poutine to the States just suddenly stops. <laughs> I, I like to picture trains filled with poutine going southbound. <laughs> Do you think if they shipped them, it would be like three separate cars? Like the first car is all the gravy. Yeah, the second yeah, car is gravy all the gravy tanks. Yeah. yeah. You've yeah. seen them. <laughs> oh, is that what those tanker cars are? That's just Canadian <laughs> yeah, that's, that's gravy. gravy. <laughs> Canadian crude, as they call it. <laughs> yeah, brown gold. <laughs> so. Other things that are st- like specifically wait, wait. Canadian. Sorry, Canadian do you have another poutine crude joke? or Canadian uh, curd? <laughs> oh, nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just make poutine jokes all day. <laughs> let's do that. I was going to bring up this uh, this monolith outside of Calgary that I was super pumped for it. Like you, like the the first one that I heard of was the one in Utah, and then there was one over in Europe somewhere and they're all mysterious and they're like, we don't know where these came from. And somebody was like, Oh, it might've been an artist thing. And they're like, we'll never know. And then one showed up in Calgary and it was like the biggest wet blanket ever, because it's just like, Oh, there's another monolith. And it was an artist built it because she didn't want this like strip coal mine to go in. And you're like, so it's not aliens. Well, do you know what my theory is? Yeah. Um, someone put them there. That's what happened. Is that yeah. in the spirit of monoliths, though? <laughs> don't they just appear from the ether? I, yeah. I, I don't think extraterrestrial life has been viewing 2001 A Space Odyssey and decided that start communicating with mankind. <laughs> Plus, I'm not sure anyone could figure out the monoliths in 2001 A Space Odyssey, much less in real life. <laughs> oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've heard people be like, that's just our cell phones, man. That's what the monolith is. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Wait, yeah. so what is it? There's a marketing message on a, on a monolith? No, it's no- just like this artist who was out of work because of COVID. She built it because... There's this planned um, strip mine going into the Rockies. Um, some I can't remember. They said specifically where, but they're gonna like basically build a strip mine to get coal. And she put this polished stainless steel monolith up because she wanted it to reflect all the nature, so people would like gain awareness of how beautiful everything is, so they wouldn't build a mine. It's like those, uh, um, like reflecting. It just reminds me of those those signs that they have where you'll drive and it'll like yell your speed at you in mm-hmm. an attempt to get you to slow down. And it's like, motherfucker, I have, I have a speedometer in my car right in front of me 24 hours a day. It's like, that's not, I know what nature looks like. I don't need this thing, this monolith yeah. to, to tell me that. Yeah. It's like, Oh, the stuff reflecting that I can clearly see as I'm looking at this thing anyway. <laughs> 
So is this woman going to try to keep this thing there for a while or is it going to be as temporary as the other ones? Well, she said she had long-term um, ideas for it because, or she had a long-term plan because she had approached the people who own the private property and she's already had to fix it once because it's in Alberta. So of course, somebody with a pickup truck came and tried to rip it over and destroy it. <laughs> Classic Alberta. <laughs> Didn't last long. Like it only went up, I think this month sometime. And um, yeah, so she was, I guess, planning to leave it there because she made, she said, she made it out of stainless steel specifically because that doesn't rust. So it'll last a long time and be able to stand up to the elements better. But I can't see this thing actually lasting on someone's private property in the middle of nowhere without someone else who owns a truck coming and trying to rip it apart. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I would love it if she was like, I was inspired by the movie 2010, the year we make contact. (laughs) (laughs) And she and somebody would be like, hey, isn't that the movie that the guys from Jaws was in? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> the sequel that most people have forgotten. Me and Cam saw and nobody else did. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys seen it? I've seen it. No. Nope. But I watched I it. I have not bothered with it. I, I enjoyed 2001. I thought that was great. Mm. But um, when I go on Rotten Tomatoes and I look at those tomato scores for bad movies, I'm just like, eh, whatever effort I could have made it's just completely sapped from me at that point. Yeah, like is this worth the two hours it'll take of my yeah. life to see? I made the there's so many great life. movies. Like why why actively seek out a bad one? The funny thing was I read the book of 2010, the year we made contact, but I never read 2001 because I'd watched the movie and I was like, well, I already know the movie, <laughs> so I know the plot. So I'm not going to read that book and have it already spoiled for me. So I'm going to read 2010 instead. <laughs> And it's far inferior. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I thought the 2010 was okay. It was fun. Yeah. It's no 2001, th- that's for sure. No, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, though. Mm. How does it compare to 1984? Um, the movie or the book? <laughs> the year? <laughs> the number. I'll, 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 I'll <laughs> say <laughs> this much. 2010 is much better than 1941. Oh, the Spielberg film. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I don't there. think I've seen that one. Yeah, is that terrible. a war movie? Uh, sort of. It's a comedy, um, oh. I guess. It's a very loud, obnoxious comedy. Oh. If a film director hears it's a comedy, I guess, that must be just <laughs> absolutely gutting. They're like, success! <laughs> it's like he's, he was like really full of himself at that point because it opens hmm. with him spoofing Jaws. And you're just like, oh, oh no, no. Yeah. This looks like it's going to be good. As <laughs> he's spoofing that movie. <laughs> Yeah, spoofing his own movie his own like, movie yeah yeah <laughs> four years earlier <laughs> yeah that's no way no 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 uh, i'm looking forward to david fincher spoofing mank in about three years <laughs> <laughs> the guffaws <laughs> it'll just keep coming <laughs> what mank yeah that was oh. a new david fincher movie that hit uh, netflix last month Eh, is it good? I've never heard. It. I didn't hear anything about it. I really liked it. Cam was more um, middle tepid, of the road. Yeah. yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. but essentially, it, it follows uh, kind of the story of a um, or of the screenwriter behind Citizen Kane, and it, you you have to have a lot of knowledge, about, like California politics at the time, as well as like Hollywood politics, 
so <laughs> your enjoyment is guy. contingent. <laughs> yeah. On a lot of that sort of stuff, but mm-hmm. um, no, I, I found it like uh, I, I was I was really sucked into it, and yeah. What year was that set? Like the seventies, then sixties? Nineteen? No, this is nineteen forty-one. Yeah. Or no, no, it uh, was four, Was it forty? I, I think it was nineteen forty because it. But it, had uh, it was before the U.S. thirties, right? Because it was well, it was before back. the U.S. It was before the U.S. Uh, was in the Second World War. Yeah. And that was actually like kind of a plot point going on uh, mm. within this movie is because. The U.S. It was like, how do you feel about dictators at that point? And so, I hear bad things. <laughs> yeah, what a hot we- take for you there, Dale. <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't shy away from being controversial. <laughs> I was gonna say, what year did uh, Citizen Kane come out? Was that? I think it was 1941. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you'd think I'd know more about a movie I was forced to watch, like five times in college <laughs> by every like cinematic class I ever took. They're like, Oh, you want to learn about making a movie? Watch Citizen Kane. Oh, you want to learn about appreciating movies? Watch Citizen Kane. And then it's just like, Oh, we're going to watch Citizen Kane for this writing class too. And you're like, Ugh. well, the thing is like, when I first saw it, the problem for me though, is like I had seen it spoofed so many times mm. in all the pop culture as a kid that when I finally saw it, when I was like, 18 or 19 I, it, it it didn't resonate with me the way that it obviously would have resonated with the people that like you know uh 80 years ago so um i, I can totally appreciate doing what they accomplished but to me it just kind of there's too many like tiny tune references or simpsons references <laughs> you know uh, yeah that exactly my head went to when i as i watched it yeah one of the things was my teacher, he would always be like, they actually dug holes in the floor so they could get camera angles lower than the people. And it's like, okay, so like <laughs> nobody thought of that before. <laughs> was there like specific emotion you could only convey from that low of an angle? I yeah. mean, it's one of those. A lot movies- of nostril action. it's one of those movies that changed the way movies look but people Mm -hmm. look at how everything has you know how everything evolved since and then they go back to citizen kane and they're like okay but it's a movie that i find as i've gotten older much more absorbing just as a story because i was about the same age as tyler when i saw it 17 or 18 and I, too, was very familiar with the Bobo episode of The Simpsons, for example. <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, like that was kind of strange to watch. But uh, it's a movie that I find very re- uh, rewatchable as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I've become like Charles Foster Kane, just kind of like prowling <laughs> mm-hmm. around my manor, getting angry at people. Yeah. I think we've all come like that. See it. COVID yeah. turned us all Yeah, especially lately. <laughs> Citizen COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if only I had my sled, I could go sledding outside. <laughs> all right. To, uh, to wrap it up, do you want to do this... Uh, Probably the biggest news item of the week, I think. The which are we thinking of the same thing? What the aliens thing yeah, or something else? Oh, the oh. alien. Like in any other era oh, or yeah. year, this would have been like the leading story 
for months straight. And now in like 2021, it's just kind of this quiet little like, oh, by the way, the CIA has declassified uh, all these fucking documents about aliens and UFOs and, and what they know about it. it. It's not about aliens, though. It, it's mm. about UFOs. Okay. And like, but, but I think that's a important distinction though like if there's evidence of aliens i think that would uh, like went off the charts you know uh totally but yeah. it's like they're just like okay well there's more evidence of ufos which it's unexplained aerial phenomenon which it's stuff that they don't know you know and so the assumption is like well just because you can't explain it henceforth aliens, aliens. Must exist. 100 <laughs> I, I don't necessarily agree with that i i totally believe that you know intelligent life exists out there but if they're that intelligent i don't think they're like floating around in like really dumb little like <laughs> fireballs that are easily detected by yeah. you know jet fighters you know um if you talk to a lot of like you know um much smarter people than me who think very deeply about it it's like their assumption is like intelligent life they're already observing us but they're mm -hmm. not using like like drones or something like that it's maybe they have telescopes in ways we can't even imagine tell us have the ability to transport themselves they're not visible to our eyes like that sort of stuff like that's how people kind of think you know intelligent life is observing us right now as opposed to like like what what if we went to a planet and we identified intelligent life that was more primitive than us um we probably wouldn't fire drones down at the atmosphere and float around like we would look at it through like telescopes or something like that we have the our own capacity to kind of examine so yeah. That, 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 I, I'm not trying to be the wet blanket here, but that's yeah. kind of why I, I, I push back on people that kind of believe in little green men who just happen to have very similar features to humans in, in which they're <laughs> bipedal, they've got two eyes and, mm -hmm. and, and a head and all that. I'm just like, oh, what a coincidence. So do we. One thing I could say is like the reason that they may be like intelligent life would maybe use um these drones or whatever is if their planet is far enough away that just looking at us through telescopes and then having the lag from the speed of light getting to them, it'd be like that old Star Trek episode where this one planet was watching Earth. But since it was so far away, they were seeing the Hitler era. So they started um, wow. like just like pretending like taking that all into their own political system. So if you get like these drones that can somehow send information faster than the speed of light, I don't know, some crazy, like maybe dimension pinching radar or something that they could send back there, then it would make sense that they would have drones here to look to like observe us. It's possible. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would love to think so. I feel very fortunate to have grown up in the era I did where there was that sort of resurgence of alien stuff. You know, we had the mm -hmm. crop circles, um, it shows like the X-Files, the <laughs> alien autopsy factor fiction, <laughs> um, all these sorts of programs. I was really into the idea. I, I missed the days where there was like mystery to earth. You know, there was mm. things like, Bigfoot or aliens or Loch Ness monster. Whereas like nowadays, I feel like that stuff's all so demystified through the internet that you're like, 
Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> what's next? Yeah. Since we got, like, These monoliths are fake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just built by an out-of-work <laughs> artist, and you're like, damn it. Or, like, the, uh, you know, we did the whatever the technology was to, like, scan Lake Ness thoroughly. Nothing there. And I'm like, mm. oh, Oh, well, that yeah. sucks. LIDAR really, uh, <laughs> really put a cramp in that style. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would love to believe there were actually UFOs. Uh, you know, I love watching atomic age sci-fi stuff, you know, oh, yeah. Earth, Earth versus the flying saucers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's really fun. And I would love to be able to have that little bit of mystery to the universe because the Lord knows we could use a little bit of that considering the fact we're trapped in our homes, bored out of our minds. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I'll just wait and see if someone far more patient and determined than I am will just go through these thousands of pages of documents oh, yeah. and find something interesting. Yeah, it's like you hear about it. You're like, holy crap, 2,700 documents from the CIA? That's awesome. And then you're like, wait, it'd just be like that scene in a movie where they're like going through microfiche where you're just like <laughs> scrolling and like looking at a page and it's all blacked out and you're like – I would get bored probably after like 20 or 30. What we need is like some super nerds to be like, okay, we've gone through everything. And these are the pages that are like at all interesting and not just like a room, a room service bill (laughs) from like (laughs) secret service. I, I picture the actual process being a lot like what Adam driver went through in the movie, the report. Or it just takes like years of focus. And uh, I don't have that. I'm far too impatient. I want someone to just give me the, uh, you know, the synopsis and I can be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. Like give me the like eight episode Netflix series of all mm. the important stuff in there. I don't want to read all of that stuff. And score it all with a theremin. Ooh, <laughs> that would be great. I mean, you have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the theremin is definitely the best instrument from the Atomic Age alien stuff. I went to a um, David Bowie tribute concert um, shortly, not not too long after his death, mm-hmm. and it was here in um, in uh, North End. And um, I, at one point, I can't remember what song it was, but they brought out a theremin. And to me, that was the most magical moment of the night was watching this woman <laughs> play a theremin. I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Yeah, there was um, there was this band. Oh, it kills me. They're like, cause I I went to college in Kamloops, and there's this band that was in Kamloops for a while, and then came here, and they're like, they had the name Wolves in their title. I can't remember what it was. The lead singer was Billy Bones, and they were like rockabilly, and they had a theremin as an instrument in their music, so it was really good. But unfortunately, I can't remember what it is. So maybe went- I'll. I'll Google it and I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> uh, the best instrument I saw at a rock concert is this band called Throw Rag. And the guy literally wore like a washing board and he played the washing board with his spoons as it was like <laughs> mic'd up to him. <laughs> it was just like, and, uh, I got a laugh out of that. Actually, <laughs> it was like, scratch it. it that scratch was it. the guy's. <laughs> I want that UFO. It was the only instrument that the guy played, though. Like, it wasn't like he was there to sing. He he didn't, you know, take it off and grab a guitar at any point. He just played like like the washing board the entire night. And I was like, okay, that's dedication. 
Okay, I want the UFO documents now scored to that. <laughs> <laughs> that guy and a theremin. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate you, collaboration. How many times do you think that guy, when he's practicing with his spoons, had just like dragged his knuckle down the washboard and just been like, ah, like he probably has like calluses all over his knuckles. He's on a first date. She's like, how'd you get those calluses? He's like, well, <laughs> well. <laughs> like, call me a musician. <laughs> Yeah. Do you like rock stars? <laughs> yeah. How about old timey instrument rock stars <laughs> with washboard abs? Yeah. <laughs> Zing! I was gonna say he's like, she's like, oh, do you play the wash tub bass? He's like, oh, better than that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's it. That's everything that was on our list. <laughs> we did it. We made it yeah! through an entire list <laughs> for the first time in podcast yeah. history. Which is weird because usually we just go on some weird tangent like the Citizen Kane thing and it lasts a lot longer. Uh, did you guys have anything you wanted to talk about? Yeah, what, what specifically made either of you angry this week or just was noteworthy? Since the last life? time you're on the podcast. If like, that happens anymore. Were you like on six months ago, I want to say? Was it longer yeah, than that? Yeah, it was, I, yeah. It would have been like May, June. So yeah. yeah, about six months ago. So anything since then? Uh, Cam and I, we've mostly just been complaining on our own podcast. We do a Star Trek podcast, and uh, we really did not like this last season of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, we had you oh, on, Dale, yeah. to talk about it. You you were mm-hmm. a much bigger fan, uh, at least at the points. Uh, I think probably yeah. like eight or nine episodes in at that point. It had been losing Cam and I for a bit, and so we, we got to the finale – we took a deep breath. We're like, we'll go into the next season with an open mind. But mm-hmm. uh, that, that was the thing that was riling me up for uh, much of the last uh, you know, three, three and a half months. Yeah, I've been listening to your guys' podcast after I was on. And it's like, it's funny because you guys are like, look, we're a Star Trek podcast. We don't want to be constantly ripping on Star Trek, but <laughs> it's Discovery. And they it's made us fun. do this. <laughs> We we, yeah. we liked the first two seasons. Like mm-hmm. Cam and I were fans of what they were trying to yeah. do. And then, and then we saw so much potential with this third season. And it just seems as if it just turned into a total mess, like narratively and. Oh, actually, I, mean, I wanted to bring up a point with you guys. Um, Cause we talk about like PC culture and all that stuff on here on this podcast a lot. And this last season of star Trek discovery, they had like the first transgender character in star Trek. They had, the first gender neutral character in star Trek. And they were like in a relationship and then they've had like, it's basically been like a who's who of the LBGTQ community. And I feel like it's, it's kind of hard to talk about because you don't want to dunk on them on those characters because then it just feels like you're not accepting those roles in the universe. But it was like, it was almost like they're like, these characters are, like this person is tra- is like gender neutral and this person is transgender and you're like oh, okay cool let's uh let's get some other backstory and then they're like mm, well I, the I i did not want them to make it into an after school special i just mm-hmm. wanted it to be normalized and i think they succeeded at that the, the problem with this with star trek's track record it, it's they have a terrible track record in terms of lgbtq representation and just mm-hmm. awful i'm glad that they're finally getting that uh going on at this point the problem with this storyline this past season though 
is that you you have the non-binary character. We're soon introduced to her trans boyfriend and the boyfriend disappears for long stretches. So there's no real relationship going on. And it's a very bizarre depiction of a relationship where you're not sure if like the um, character is just kind of imagining it in their head or not. And Mm -hmm. so it's, I don't know. It would like they could have done so much better, and I think they kind of like um, for something. Star Trek continues to have yeah. a very, very mixed record when it comes to LGBTQ representation, as as far as I'm concerned. And also the character, the trans character, who's existing in some sort of uh, form that we still don't understand on the show, is portrayed as such a one note saint. Like it is a mm-hmm. character. Yeah. Where- there's not a negative thing you could ever say about this character in terms of their traits. They are a beaming, you know, symbol of optimism and wonder. And it's like, that's not an interesting character. That's maybe something you can pull off in a single episode, but in terms of an ongoing character that we're supposed to accept being in a relationship, it's not, it's just not interesting to watch. And so, yeah, it's like Tyler was saying, you know, Star Trek has struggled with these relationships a lot on the in the history of the franchise you know there's been times I, there was you know rumors that they were planning to make for example Jordy LaForge gay back when they were developing TNG and then they ducked out of that there was an I think it was Reed from Enterprise as well they considered nope yeah. ducked out of that as well they finally get there and they've had a, a really shady track record because they you know killed one of their gay characters in season one Discovery that turned into a big mess now they're doing this sort of stuff here you just you want to be like guys just it almost feels like you're overthinking it, trying to come up with weird twists on all this. Mm-hmm. Just play it straight. Let the characters do interesting things and we'll be on board. Yeah. Like one thing Star Trek I always liked was they're always like, this is what this character is unique for. And then they give you an example of how that saves the day in one of the episodes during one of the seasons. And they didn't really like, they kind of did that. What was her name? Adira. Yeah. yeah. That was the transgender. Like she's, she's the wonderkind character. So she's super smart. So they kind of did that in like one of the episodes where she was like computing some problem about the burn or whatever, but they didn't really do that with gray. Like they weren't like, how can this character who's kind of like uncorporal or corporal, like, is that how you say that? Non-corporal? Non-corporeal. Yeah. Non-corporeal. There we go take him and have his stasis as like, is he a figment of the imagination? Is he real? Have that saved the day somehow. That would have been cool. But yeah, like I think maybe in, cause most Star Trek shows, they have like what? 26 episode seasons. Back in the the nineties. You know? So it feels like they kind of cram too much stuff in this season. Like they're like, Oh, we're worried about the burn. And then they're like, Oh, the seed ship. And then, oh, this character and this character, whereas if they had 26 episodes to kind of like draw it out and kind of like let everything breathe, maybe that would have worked a bit better. Well, hopefully they're listening to four cisgender white males about our thoughts on this. (laughs) I mean, they should be. They're not. They're like, well, we didn't know how to handle these characters, but now we do. Well, I wanted to go back to Colbert. Like they killed him. What was that? Second season or first season? They killed him. First season. Yeah. Yeah, he's the best character on the show right now. Like, I, I thought he was absolutely came into his own in season three. Mm-hmm. Like, I, they finally gave him direction. Like, his is my favorite arc to follow this past season. Yeah, for sure. and he's the first character on Discovery where it's like you always have those discussions where you're like, who's your favorite captain from the Star Trek universe? Who's your favorite Doctor? He's the first character on Discovery where if you say who's your favorite character 
in said role from the Star Trek universe. Well, you could be like, well, Culber's up there. Like he's starting to be in the running for my favorite doctor. Whereas there's no other role on discovery, like science officer, captain, security officer, badass or whatever that would like be in contentious with well, anything else. They, they keep turfing everybody like from their jobs. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, you know. it's funny. They killed him and brought him back and they've gone through like what? Four captains in three seasons. Yeah. 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 So, Oh, I was going to judging by Derek's blank face. I'm just like, okay, I'll, I'll listen I want, to While I was, I had you guys on here. Cause I knew we would probably talk about star Trek. Yeah. I wanted you guys to give Derek a little, what would you t- um, tantalize Derek into getting into star Trek with? Like, is there any specific episodes or shows that is the best for a newcomer? Well, we did an episode, Cam, uh, called Beginner's Guide to Star Trek, and we were trying to introduce, you know, some prime episodes to somebody who just wasn't familiar, and um, we actually got her to start watching kind of the franchise, and so it actually kind of worked on uh, that in that case. So, uh, Cam, is there, like, if you had to pick one, we don't want to saddle Derek with, like, mountains of homework but like is there one particular episode that you think kind of epitomizes or it's going to get like broader audiences as opposed to maybe your own particular obscure niche interest in star trek yeah um i would say if i'm leaning towards say like introducing someone through the original star trek i would say city on the edge of forever or the trouble with Tribbles. but if we're looking maybe at tng which is i think more of the accepted mainstream favorite um what do you think tyler start with best of both worlds or do you think you want to start it's an easy it's an easy one to hook people into right yeah it's a borg story um it's really exciting action-packed great character stuff i think best of both worlds that two-parter would probably work really well yeah i agree Derek. that's your homework i will uh (laughs) you know 50 50 chance i check it out yeah (laughs) (laughs) so only a 25 percent chance he'll uh watch it like one part yeah yeah Yeah. cool well uh guys thanks so much for taking the time to join us again welcome back it was nice to finally be on a podcast at the same time as you so uh yeah it's great to meet you yeah thank you so much again soon uh where where can people go if they want to learn more about you or your shit or the things that you do well you can just check us out look up subspace transmissions anywhere you get your podcasts anywhere and um we you can also just uh, find us um at facebook actually just search out subspace transmissions because we post and you can there. find me on uh, hot or not.com <laughs> <laughs> I'm classics a, never uh, go out of style <laughs> i'm more of a high five guy <laughs> oh man that's that's taking a, me back back one. Yeah. taking me back you know you have to think like would we have would we have all these people storming the capital of the U.S. if the only social media we had was High Five? Well, here's a question. Back in the day, who put their photo up on Hot or Not? Me. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I did too. I, I put I, it up. I didn't. I did you not. Didn't? No. I put it up and the highest I got was a four. And I got butt hurt and I took it down and never went back. I was... I was definitely uh, outraged. I think I got a little higher, just a little. (laughs) Not to brag. Wow. Because believe me. Shade at uh, Dale. (laughs) That's okay, Cam. You're you're more attractive than me. You don't have to tell my eyes. No, no, no. I was not happy. Like, I remember being having the same reaction you did. I'm just like, 
Oh, <laughs> like, this down. I don't want anyone I know seeing this. Pull this down immediately. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and if you want to listen to these guys, uh, I'll be your gateway drug because I've been on their podcast three times, four times. I think, oh, I think at least yeah. four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Starting like man, like four. I want to say three years ago. We definitely had back. you on yeah. for seasons one, two, and three of Discovery. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, I think we've had you on for, like, when we're not doing episode reviews, we're doing, like, crazy sorts of ideas. Like, uh, the one that we just recorded the other day, it'll be up Sunday evening. It's about ranking everyone of the main characters from Star Trek. We went through, like, Ooh. 67, 68 of them and nice. ranked them all. That, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you end up picking a favorite or should, I guess that would be a spoiler or people should go listen to it. Well, you'll have to yeah. find out on the, uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Make sure you tune yeah. in for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Dale, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. It's just my name. <laughs> you can find me. On, that's, that's my favorite one. Cause it's easiest to remember uh, on Twitter. I'm at super Dalebot. Derek's not on Twitter anymore, but you can find him on Facebook still. Um, don't bother. Wait, I don't Eric's do the much. president of the United States? I don't do much there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was Never saw ask me you, this... since you're not on Twitter, are you leaning more heavily on any other social media platforms? Like to kind of just like sucked up your attention span? What, me? Yeah. Uh, Reddit, for sure. I mean, Instagram, oh, but I've good. definitely been spending a lot more time on Reddit. And it's, it's mm-hmm. nice because you can kind of like, you just find your like little echo chambers or like things that you're interested in uh, and very like niche interests and you can hang out and and talk with those people. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. That's my advice to you. You can find us on uh, (laughs) Facebook where you're probably watching this or on Twitter where Dale tweets from outreach fact pod. Yeah. We're also Uh, on, I don't tweet from there. Yeah. If you're listening to this audio, like on audio only, because you got their uh, outragefactory.com. You can go to YouTube and watch the videos. I think we've only got, well, we started doing the videos on YouTube at, I think it was like episode 116. Basically when COVID hit and we started doing it over Zoom, we're like, well, we'll record it. And I was like, well, then why don't we just put it up on YouTube? So that's just Outrage Factory Pod at, on youtube.com. But if you search Outrage Factory, it'll come up. You can just say YouTube. You don't have to throw the dot com on there, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Did I just age just myself? In case, just in case they headed to youtube.org, uh, they might not be able to find it. Yeah. It, it starts with worldwidewebb. Dot. <laughs> <laughs> the classics. Uh, uh, all right. Thanks for everyone for uh, joining us, tuning in, listening. And until next week, stay angry. Oh, you both got spit guards. Came to play. I, I speak very moistly. <laughs>